Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Show her some love. Come on, can we honor this gift of God in our midst? Listen, thank you so much for all you do for us, Carrie, um, for all the team. Um, yeah, seriously. Come on, they're amazing. Thank you so much. How many of y'all are expecting this morning? Okay, uh, let's try that again. How many of y'all are expecting? Okay, well, we're going to work on that. Listen, I'm talking about life change. I'm talking about real life. Drop me down just a little bit, Crystal. I'm just a little too hot. Well, I am... Man, I'm so uh, blessed and privileged to be up here talking to y'all today, and I'm so um, honored and uh, grateful and thankful for each and every single one of you, um, without which uh, all of you, none of this would be possible. We wouldn't be here today if you weren't sitting in those seats. Um, I'd still preach fire, but uh, there wouldn't be physical people to receive it, but um, man, I'm just... God has just been moving, and um, he's been moving for, for a while now. Let's pray. God, man, you're so good. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inhabiting our praises, God. Thank you for being in our midst. All over this place, let's just honor him. Yeah, we're not, we're not here to hear from a man today. We don't want to hear what I want to say, God. We want to hear from you. God, cause our ears to be opened. Lord, we give you permission to speak to our hearts, to speak to the things that you want to perfect in us. Those things that concern us, God, we believe that you want to perfect those, that you, could, you care more about them than we do. And so we give you permission, God, to, to even upset or offend us, God, from how we think things should go, the timing of things. But right now we're, we're taking off the blinders, and we ask God, give us eyes to see as well. But most importantly, Lord, unless you touch our heart, God, unless you change what's hard and cause it to be soft and malleable, Lord, none of this is going to make any difference because it, it can't grow. It can't produce fruit. And so, God, with great expectation and faith, we say we believe. We believe in who you are. We thank you in advance for, for everything that you're going to do in our midst. And all who agreed said in Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, we are in a uh, series called BRB Jesus, and... Um, 
I really feel impressed to talk to you guys today uh, more about uh, what I touched on a couple of weeks ago from Romans 8, chapter 1. It talks about how if anyone, uh, can you uh, just say anyone? Anyone, if anyone. So do I have any anyones here? Uh, maybe you, hopefully you. Uh, yeah. Uh, is in Christ is the next phrase. It says he's a new, crea- uh, no, excuse me, if anyone is in Christ, uh, there is therefore now condemna- no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So if anyone is in Christ, there's, there's not condemnation. But if you're out of Christ, there is condemnation. So I invite you, if you, if you have stepped away from your uh, life union, that vital union that, that he offers to anyone who would welcome him, to would accept him, if you've stepped away from that right now, let's just say I repent. You don't, I mean, if you, if you haven't stepped away, there's no need to repent. But if you, if you have chosen your way over his, then that's why we would say I repent. I repent, God, from following my way instead of yours. Our way is separation from that union. His way is to, come on, be together. That's why he said, take my yoke. Yoke is a, a symbol of authority. So lordship, this has, this has to do with, like she was talking about last week, uh, BRB, Jesus, it was um, uh, Lord, what's that? Lord over lifestyle, thank you. She, uh, she preached a fire last week. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, check it out on the podcast. Um, and so as I was meditating on what to talk to you guys today, I just felt this burning desire um, that God wants it more than you do. Tell your neighbor, he wants it more than you. What is, it, what is that re- referencing? What does God want more than you do? He wants a relationship. You might think that, like, I'm supposed to prove myself to God by, by my love, but there, here's the unfortunate reality of, of that is that you don't have the ability to prove how good you are and how great of a lover of God you are because our good deeds compared to his righteousness, his holiness is filthy rags. It's just, it, there's no comparison. Here's the good news though. Because of who he is, we are made righteous. We are made good enough. We come into this place that's called covenant. Now, covenant is, is not something that many of us are very familiar with. Um, I remember when I first stepped into marriage, um, I thought it was agreement. Like, you agree with me because I'm right. But that's not how life works. That's not how, how a, a healthy relationship works. Like, just because you think you're right doesn't mean the other person should agree with you, even if you are right. I even heard Pastor Cameron say that. Like, it's not about being right. And... and um, I want to start in the Song of Songs. If you're unfamiliar with this passage, um, my Bible says it this way. The basis for all human love should be covenant love, the master metaphor of the Bible. And this covenant love is also the basis of the relationship between God and man. Therefore, the song, which is this book, applies properly to both marriage and to his covenant and to his God and man. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm like skipped the wrong line. Okay, I'm start over. This covenant love is the basis of relationship between God and man. Therefore, this book, the Song of Solomon, applies properly to both marriage and to covenant history. That's the word I was looking for. Covenant history. So, what what are we what are we talking about here? Like I was saying, being in relationship. Relationship is, if you haven't figured this out by now, relationship is 
everything to the kingdom. We have to live in relationship with God and we have to live in relationship with the other. We, we have to live in relationship with each other because we have to live in relationship with God. You can't have one without the other, but you certainly can't have the other, which is loving other people, without loving God first. And so first off, we start in this relationship with God. And in, in Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 3, it says these amazing words which um, echo to this day that I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And I want you guys to know that this morning, that no matter what you are doing in your life, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what you're planning to do later on today, because I know that there's some people that, are in, uh, that we uh, deal with or uh, minister to, that we disciple, that are still walking through some sin. Like, is that okay we say that? Like, there's, if there's still sin in your life, like, I get it. That's, it it's okay. I mean, it's, it's not okay, but it is okay. And I, and I want to say this way, that... God still chooses you even if you choose sin, and so do I. We need to be those kind of people that, that know how to express unconditional love regardless of what's reciprocated. Can we say that in church? Can, can we talk about this? I know it's messy. I know it's a little uncomfortable, but can we talk about how this is how God is with us? Even though sometimes we are BRB Jesus, God still chooses to say, I choose you. My choice was you at the beginning of time, at the beginning of the age of man. I chose to make man because I wanted relationship with him. If you choose to reject him, here's what he says. Here's what happened on Calvary. The, the people that Jesus was sent into the world to save that were talked about in the Old Testament as stiff-necked people over and over and over again. Do I have any stiff-necked people in this room? You're like stubborn. You're like, no, God, let me do it my way. Like, even though you know your way is bad, like it leads to death, like just what the Bible says, sin is sin, and it, it only produces death. Like, sometimes you just get like a little stubborn. You're like, I want to do what I want to do. Like, yeah, yeah, parents know what I'm talking about. Kids, mm-hmm, stiff necks, right? So Old Testament, we contracted all the way to the Old Testament. These people, and I'm gonna get back to the, I'm gonna get back to Jesus and the cross. But way back in Exodus chapter 32, uh, Moses comes down off the mount, and God says, "Your people," which I just, man, I busted up laughing when I saw this. Because he said, your people are doing this. But what's funny is if you track way back to the beginning of Exodus, like chapter 5, chapter 6, God is talking to Moses in a burning bush, and he says, I'm going to deliver my people. But what happens when the people start sinning? He says, Moses, they're your people. Like, how many of y'all have ever been in a relationship like that? You're like, ooh, it's yours, and then it's mine. It's this toss-up back and forth. And so we have this picture of how God is like really invested in us. He's really invested in people. And you could track this all the way to the end of time when God is going to come and live among his people. He loves us. He's so desperately in love with us. He wants our affection, our attention more than anything else. And I'm going to get to James in just a few minutes, but, but guys, I just, I want to try and portray this picture so that we can really grasp that it is not how much we do, it is not how great our love is for God, but it is how great and consuming a fire of a God he is and how much his love burns and is jealous for us. 
And so we track this through the Old Testament in Exodus when it says over and over again that my people are a stiff-necked people, but still, nevertheless, God chooses to say, even though you reject me, even though you uh, go and play around with the world and love the world and, and prostitute yourself out. Anybody ever read Hosea, the picture of God and and his people, he said, I don't care if you go and you sell yourself and become a slave to sin. I will still, I will still, come on somebody, I will still choose you. I will never stop loving you. This is our great God. This is the picture of the relationship that God says, I'm choosing you. Let your neighbor know he chooses you. Come on. His choice was you, it is you, and it'll always be you. Before we can ever get past loving other people, we must live in this deep well of a life with him, a life in him, which is why we so calmly repeat Jesus himself said, I can't do this alone. I can't do this apart from you, God. This is not about your accomplishments, okay? This is not about what you can get on earth. This is not about what you can feel on earth. That's what 1 John 2, 17, I think, says. Everything the world has to offer is about what looks good, what feels good, what can make you look good. Everything that, that this world has to offer will pass away. But the love of the Father, my friends, is eternal. And right now, I believe God is inviting us into a deeper place of intimacy as his bride. Remember, isn't that what Song of Songs said? This, this is a picture not just between man and man, but between God and man. And what, does, what is his church a representation of except for the groom and the bride? That Jesus is coming back for a spotless bride. He's not, he's not coming back for, for just sons and daughters. No, he wants one unified great body that is so consumed with loving him that they become lovers of other people. Do you see how that works? We, we become so filled up with this thing that we, we can't help but give birth to it. We can't help but just overflow with the goodness of our God and just love other people regardless of their sin, regardless of their race, regardless of their past, regardless of what they're walking through. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so we get to, to the Gospels. We get to Luke chapter like 24. Um, 20, I have it right here. 23 verse 34. And, and the Israelites that Jesus is, he's born in Bethlehem, right? A lot of us are very familiar with this story, but Jesus is born in a manger as a king. And then he, and then he comes and he's baptized and the, the spirit comes upon him. And he starts doing all these miracles and they're like, Jesus, Jesus, when is your kingdom coming? When are you going to overthrow the government? And he said, no, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. That's not the way the kingdom works on earth. That's not the way the kingdom is going to come. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And now I command you to go in the same manner. Let your neighbor know I'm here to serve. Come on, if you really mean it, let your neighbor know I'm here to serve. Some of y'all are thinking like, hmm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to serve you. You know, I've seen what you've been doing. 
Like, I'm a little bit tired of your selfish attitude. No, like, we, do, we really don't get it. God isn't affected by how much you love him or how much you serve him or how much you read the Bible. Come on, did y'all hear me? You all hear what I'm saying? Like, God isn't impressed by how many Bible verses you know. He wants to know, do you know him? He wants to know, are you willing to go where I'm asking you to go? Are you willing to do and love the people that are, that are ugly, that, are, that smell bad? He wants to know. And if you read through the Gospels, which I hope you do, might do it, maybe someday. No, start today. Pick today. Choose today. Let your neighbor know. Listen, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, then know that this is true for you, that God chooses you today. The question is, will you choose him back? Even if you don't choose him today, he's going to ask you the same question tomorrow. I still choose you, but will you choose me back? And the day after that, and the year after that, and the 10 years after that, God will never stop asking you this. I'm certain of it, because otherwise he wouldn't have sent Jesus. There were a lot of times. I'm going to get off the horse, because we're there. We're there to this moment. Jesus has come on the earth. He says, I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve. He says, "I'm, I'm even willing to lay down my life in order that you can live in relationship with me forever. Because if I don't do this, if I don't leave, then the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper, the comforter, the strengthener, the intercessor, he's not gonna come. He can't come. I've gotta be the way. I've gotta make the way. I've gotta lay down my life. Come on, this is still the cry. This is st- I still hear this calling today. He's still asking and calling us, will you lay down your life in order that others can follow me? Come on, guys. We're not talking about no, no pretty, soft, fluffy Jesus today. We're talking about the real deal. He said, if you want to follow me, it's going to cost you everything. And I just got a chance to lead somebody to Jesus this morning. That was so cool. Soretta, welcome to the family. We love you. She decided she wanted to give up everything to follow Jesus. And you know what the, what the Bible says? It says that all of heaven explodes. It erupts over one person who chooses eternity with him instead of cho- choosing their own way. And so that's why, that's why this is, is so deep because we're, we're literally, there are, there are souls, there are people that are hanging in the balance between life and death. And, and, and Jesus said the enemy has tried to sift you like wheat. He wants, he wants you for himself. This ain't no joke. We're talking about real life or death here. Real life, which is a relationship with God, and real death, which is separation for him forever. Can we just kind of like, that's a weighty thing. Hell, burning fire, consuming your flesh. Fire doesn't die. Worm eats your flesh forever. It's a bad place, okay? That's, what, that's why Jesus laid down his life, because he said, I can't stand to see my family. Come on now. Doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how many times they rejected him. It says that he was rejected so we could be accepted. And, and BRB Jesus is exactly that. It doesn't matter how many times you reject God and choose your own way over him, he still chooses you. His choice is, st- I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. This, that's his words to you. 
Hear that from heaven today, that we are God's beloved. We are God's beloved. I am my beloved. My beloved is mine. The question is, will you choose that? And I love, I love how, how amazing this grace is. The picture of grace that, that takes place on the cross is this, that even, I'll read the scripture in Luke where I was talking about, even as this was happening, while they were nailing him to the cross, Jesus prayed over and over and over again, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And I think that it's time that as believers of the way that we say this very thing to those who would persecute us, who would curse us, who who would naysay us, walk all over us, stab us in the back, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. You know know there was another guy that, that prayed this in the New Testament that's recorded? Stephen, as he was stoned? Forgive them, Lord. Don't, don't hold this against them. I think that as believers, this is the life that we should live. Not just, hey, do you want to come follow me? No, f- go find somebody that's bad. Go, f- go find somebody that hates you. <laughs> like, go find somebody who, who, who has it out to get you. And like, start loving them. Start being nice to people that are rude to you. Like, don't... The Bible says that if you're just, if you're nice to people that are nice to you, you're, you're not any better than anybody who doesn't know Jesus. So for us who know Jesus, if you claim to know him, and I know I'm, I'm pointing a lot of fingers right now, but I, I've had to come to this place where, where I, I stood face to face with this person who preached at me. It was me. I was preaching at myself, and I was like, I can't not do what I'm preaching from the pulpit which is why I encourage you guys so deeply to preach because that's what's in the Bible. It doesn't say that pastors preach. It says believers preach. The spirit of the Lord is upon. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all been paying attention. Come on. Because what? He's anointed. What has he anointed y'all to do? To proclaim the what? The, the good news? Th- that the year of Jubilee has come. That means the acceptable day of the Lord, which talks about favor and goodness and and his love and compassion because why even though we are rejected even though sometimes we ourselves reject God and his way and his love for us he says it's okay son it's okay daughter I'm not gonna hold that against you now I I warn you I warn you on, on that uh, shame and condemnation will come. It's your choice to reject those if you are in Christ. If you're gonna live in Christ, shame and condemnation, they have no place. You are beloved. Can you say that? I am beloved. I am the beloved of God. I am the beloved. Ask your neighbor, are you? Are you? I am the beloved of God. Are you? You. This is... I cannot emphasize enough, guys, that this word of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Not your heart, not in front of your eyes. Don't, Devin, don't, don't you dare just read these verses and keep it inside your heart. Andrew, don't you dare just pray about it and think about it. No, don't let them depart from your mouth. 
This has got to come out of you. Make it come alive. I am a child of God. I am the redeemed. The word says, let the redeemed say so. I'm redeemed, hallelujah, from the curse of the law. Because cursed is he who is hung on a tree for my sake. He was rejected so I could be accepted. That's why she was up here singing, let the weak say I am strong. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his mights. Not in my ability, not in what it feels like, not in what feels good. Come on, we cannot stay true to our feelings. We must stay true to the truth. We must stay true to our purpose. Our purpose is that we live in relationship with God. Not in relationship with ourself. I don't feel like it. I'm tired. I'm hungry. You know what the Bible says that I love? In Psalms chapter 42, it talks about how my soul and my heart, these are two different things, and your heart is your inner man, your innermost being, your spirit, and your soul is your flesh, your mind, your will and emotions. I say my flesh in a manner of speaking, but your soul, it has to deal with, with your thinker. Let your neighbor know. Your thinker. Don't tap, tap your own head. Don't tap theirs. <laughs> And he talks about it. He says, my soul, it longs for you. God, my heart, it cries out for you. What this tells us is that what this world has to offer doesn't compete. It doesn't compare. And some of us, so many of us, myself included, search about this world, scrolling on the gram, looking on Netflix, if there is something that can satisfy me, you ever just get so hungry that you just, you can't do anything else except for weep and cry out for God? No? Anybody? Yeah? A couple of people? Listen, if you haven't got to that place where nothing satisfies you except for who he is, reading the word, preaching that to yourself, meditating on that, spending time, man, you haven't lived yet. I'm telling you, it, when you come to that place, where you're like, man, there's something inside of me. And it doesn't matter how much junk food I press down my throat, it will not satisfy this emotional longing for God. See, that's why he said my soul cries out for my emotions, God. They're begging to taste and see that the Lord is good. It didn't, it didn't mean, let me, let me rip, rip a page of this Bible and, and taste and see. No, no, no. Taste and see. Get to know him for yourself. Tell your neighbor, get to know him for yourself. Because God is good. Come on now. All the time. And all the time God is good. Come on now. BRB Jesus is this picture of God just choosing us over and over again, regardless of how many times we reject him. <laughs> Mic drop, anybody? Like, are you kidding me? Like, no matter how many times you reject him, he still chooses you? Yes. Until, until the day, until the day where it's too late. Does anybody want to get that close where it's too late and you can't choose him back? He, he who, who professes me openly will be professed before God the Father openly. But he who, who denies me will be denied. Do any of us want to get to that place? 
Matthew 10, 28, don't fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. <laughs> Skirt, wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Lord, is that you? It is, yes, it is the Lord. And today, before you, this day, he has set before you life and death. And he asks you this question, what will you choose? And then it actually, he gives you the answer, choose life. You ever like been like on a test? You're like, I don't know, is it A or B? Is it true or false? Is it true? Ah, death, life, death, life, choose life. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> right? You don't get, thank you, yeah, come on. You don't get penalized for looking in the book for the answers, come on. This is, as Pastor Cameron, our, our loving and amazing founder, Pastor Cameron, says, uh, this is not a book of secrets from you, it's a book of secrets for you. The question is, are you going to choose this above everything else? Are you going to choose his way above everything else? I think I'm about to the end of everything I want to say, if I could get the band to come back up. I want to kind of leave you with a couple of things. First, you are God's choice. I hope you wrote that down. That was, I said it a few times. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm only giving you a hard time. I mean, I, but I think that's about all I said. This, um, careful that you don't live in this place where like, oh, God just chooses me, so that means I get to do whatever I say. I get to live how I want, when I want, where I want, because God chooses me. He loves me. Well, listen what happens. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says this. Um, Sin, which is your way, what it's going to pay you is death. But God's lavish gift is eternal life, found in what? Your union, and this is the Passion Translation, so forgive, forgive me if you don't have it, which I'm sure you don't. Found in your union, come on, somebody say union with our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So it's very clear and evident to see that sin leads to death. And death is just a picture of a separation from God. You don't have life. What we are experiencing here on earth in separation from Christ isn't life. I know you may think that like, there's a lot of people that are out there breathing right now, like people that say they don't believe in God. Well, that's not real life. See, animals live, they have life. But when you receive the breath of life and you receive the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, then you enter into eternal life. And that's real life, God says. And so that's where this union becomes so important. What I believe God is asking us to enter into is this place of deep reverential fear of who he is in this relationship where we have such a high respect and regard for what he's saying and commanding us. Come on, guys. These aren't suggestions. God doesn't suggest that you love other people. It's a commandment. And he's serious about what he commands. He says it this way. In James chapter 4. And then I'm going to try and end on this, guys. In uh, the Passion Translation, verse 4, it says, You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. And remember what the world has to offer. It just leads to death. It says, don't love the world for the love of the world. That does, you can't love the Father and, have the, and love the world at the same time. 
Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Another translation says it this way. If you're really interested in what the world has to offer, you become an enemy of God, okay? You think scholarships are important? You think that going to college is important? You think that working a job is important? You think loving your family is important? He said, anybody who does these things is not worthy to be my follower. What he's saying is a comparison. If you're choosing all of this over him and his way and the relationship with him and what he's calling to do, you're not worthy to be his follower. It doesn't mean that you can't go to, jo- go to work, work a job, have a family, love your family. It just means that you can't pursue that more than you pursue intimacy with him. Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. And, and I get it, guys. It's uncomfortable because, like, I don't want to be that thorn in somebody else's side. I don't want to be that friend that's uncomfortably telling them. It's uncomfortable for me and them, like, hey, you living in sin is not a healthy thing. Like, that's an uncomfortable topic, sin. We don't like to use that word, but it is what God says it is, not what well, listen, you know, my friend, it's just not a really good idea. Don't skirt around the truth. Live, and, and don't tell the truth. Live the truth. If, hmm, y'all, if they can't see it by the fruit in your life, then you have no business telling it to them. If you, I'm serious, guys. If you can't live this out yourself, why bother trying to pick the speck out of your brother's eye? Come on now, when you got a, a log in your own. We got no business. We can't do it ourselves. Does this scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more and more and more and more of us? He continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. Because it says God resists when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then, tell your neighbor, so, surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him. He will turn away and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer and closer to you. But, stand on your feet. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners. Listen, if you've been living an adulterous life, being friends with the world and choosing your way above God's, this word is for you this morning. I know, it's not a hot word. That's okay. It's going to save your soul from damnation. It's going, you are going to reap life from this choice. Keep your hearts pure and stop doubting. Come on, is that a good word or not? Keep your hearts pure and stop doubting. Stop doubting his nature. Stop doubting his character. Stop doubting that he is who he says he is and he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. Not in your time. Not with who you want, where you want. Guys, I plead with you as an intercessor for God, if he has called you to go, then go. Sign up for the mission trip today. Find out how you can get more involved today. Find out what you need to do to make the move today. I don't care how uncomfortable it feels. 
because what's going to result in following your way is going to lead to death, separation from God. You don't want that. None of us want that, especially God, which is why Jesus forsook everything, his own life laying it down in order to live in relationship with you. It says, feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Don't just, oops, I messed up. I talked about earlier how it says God is a consuming fire I heard a passage of scripture the other day I haven't heard in a a long time from um, Hebrews chapter 12 when God is on the Mount Sinai and the Israelites are there and and he's speaking and, and it says this roar of thunder and they cry out for him to stop speaking because of how awe they are because of how terrorized they are, because of how frightened they become, because of the voice of God. Don't think that this thing is a silly thing or a light thing, because we are talking about God. Let's not just skip over what we're referencing here. Jesus, you know, the one who died on the cross, when he raised back to life, people have revelations of him. Many times he appears as this bright light. You remember Saul, who later became Paul? When he appeared before Saul, he was struck. You know what that means? Bang, he fell down because of Jesus. Jesus, this this man that we cry out for, he is also a God to be feared. Yes, he is a loving father. Yes, he wants to live in relationship, but he is also not somebody to be trifled with, not somebody that you just run around with, which is why it talks about it in such a severe manner as adulterous, as sleeping around on. If you're gonna, I can say I'm gonna end on this, but if you're going to enter into a relationship and I'm gonna open up the altars and I just want you guys to come down and flood, flood this place, flood these altars with your worship, with your prayer. But before you come, don't just take this lightly this is if you want to enter into a relationship please you are so welcome God is is inviting and accepting you with arms open wide as as loving Christians should be as well but don't take this thing lightly where you get to come on Sundays and and live like hell on Mondays don't don't choose self later today or tonight or tomorrow because it says Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made what? Low before God and he will exalt you. Come on, all over this place. Come on down to these altars. I don't care. You can, if you've lived a, a perfect week, that's great. If you haven't, that's great too. But can we just cry out to God, the living God this morning? Ask him to inhabit this place. Ask him to come and fill us up. Ask him. Talk to him about these verses. Say, God, I'm sorry. Let your joy be turned into mourning. Come on now. I, I don't see anybody down here at this altar. Y'all been perfect all week. Let's cry out to the living God this morning. Come on, I want to I wanna see what God wants to do on earth as it is in heaven. 
That's what that prayer talks about. Let a revolution begin in our hearts. God, we cry out to you today. The living God, we say, you can use me, God. You can send me. I'm warning you guys, if you pray this prayer, get ready. God, we believe in who you are. We say, come and consume everything that is not of you off of us, God. Make us into who you want us to become. Let our cry not be our own any longer, God, but let it be from you. 